I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump, sitting in for Breitbart News Editor-in-Chief Alex Marlowe. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Your pain is Joe Biden's gain. Biden announced Tuesday he's banning energy imports from Russia and warned gas prices could rise even more across the United States. It's way too little and it's way too late. Adding insult to injury, Biden deployed the latest White House talking point, calling the spike in prices we're all feeling at the pump the Putin price hike. The attack on America's middle class rages on, and it's all Joe Biden's fault. Even Democrat media outlets are fact-checking Biden's gas hike lies. And wait until you hear the audio of Joe Biden in 2019 saying, quote, I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuels, end quote. start here with Joe Biden, uh, Joey come lately, that is. Um, so he on Tuesday announced his administration has banned energy imports from Russia. Uh, but he also, Joe Biden, warned gas prices could rise even more across the United States. Thank, thank you, Joey. Um, so here's what Joe Biden didn't say at his press conference at the White House on yesterday. This from John Carney at Breitbart News. The price of Russian oil has been trading at a steep discount for weeks because many market participants were effectively boycotting Russia following the attack on Ukraine. U.S. refiners were reportedly not bidding on any Russian oil. That makes it easier to ban Russian oil since it's largely uh, being excluded from U.S. markets already. So Joe Biden... <laughs> didn't actually make a hard decision. Uh, he, the, the decision was being made easier and easier. I don't exactly know what effect this will have down to the decimal point, um, but, but I do know one thing, that Joe Biden uh, was right. Things are actually going to, 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 to get worse in terms of the gas price uh, continuing to, to price of gas continuing to rise. But what's interesting to me is that Biden and his flack spent weeks peddling crap, spin and lies. It's so hard to, to watch them deny the issue to begin with, which is what they're doing now. And then when the when the problem gets so big that they can't actually avoid the obvious reality and the obvious truth, because the pain is just actually hitting tens of millions of Americans on a daily basis. The, the insult to injury comes in when they start to spit in your face. It's like, well, they, they, they forget that they actually lied and pretended that the problem didn't exist. And then when they do admit that it exists, they just come in with more lies. Um, the, the, the Biden administration um, had for weeks exempted any sanctions on Russian energy at all. The argument that they peddled was that banning Russian oil uh, banning the imports of it, purchasing it, the United States government wasn't in the quote strategic interest, end quote. They also claim that we needed permission from Europe, which is one of those sad commentaries. It kind of reminds you of Barack Obama leading from behind. 
<laughs> we need permission from uh, the, 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 the European Union to make a decision here in the United States. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the height of weakness and incompetence. Um, and the administration also insisted that we don't import a lot of Russian oil. Okay, so why the hell did it take you weeks to make the decision to begin with? It was probably all the Democrats in Congress going on MSNBC and CNN contradicting the Biden White House. The Democrats were running in front of every camera and microphone that they could find for the last week. I don't know why Joe Biden hasn't banned Russian oil yet. Because they, they knew exactly what John Carney was reporting. The price was already dropping. Nobody basically was purchasing it except for China in uh, other European nations talking out of both sides of their mouth. But as, as, as far as the, the decision for the United States to stop buying, purchasing Russian oil was already baked in and it had been baked in for months, for weeks. So, so Biden warns that gas prices will rise further as a result of the ban on Russian oil imports. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. Putin's price hike. It's a very important three words. It is the talking point that we've seen or I've noticed at least for the last 72 hours. That is the spit in the face. Putin's price hike. It is essentially Joe Biden blaming the, the rising price of gas at the pump that you and I are both experiencing. I am just avoiding it. I'm not even looking up. I'm I'm <laughs> this is this is so Bush 2008 Obama 2009 um, when, when the price of, of gas was 350 for regular unleaded. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I didn't, I don't know if I ever noticed it in Tallahassee, Florida when I was, where I was living at the time, but I'm pretty sure in some parts of the country, it was hitting four and five dollars a gallon, um, in 2008, 2009, but that's, that's what this is reminiscent of, but that whole Putin's price hike thing. Oh my God. It's, it, it's the, it's, it just, it's, it's so infuriating. That's the talking point though. That is the lie, the spit in the face, the assumption that you're too stupid to know that the price at the pump has been going up ever, ever since this monster took office. It is good, though, to see that not only uh, news outlets like Breitbart and, and occasionally Fox News, but there are also uh, mainstream media outlets that can't even push Joe Biden's Putin price hike lie. But I, it was it was great to see someone articulate it with a fine point. Um, like Fox Business um, analyst David Asman did uh, yesterday. He just basically fact-checked fact Biden's misinformation on U.S. oil imports um, uh, better, than, I think, than I've seen anybody else do it. Cut five. Very clear in saying, making the same misstatements that Jen Psaki did, saying that we have the highest oil production ever right now. Anybody can look it up on the website. EIA, it's the official energy statistics. In December 2019, we were producing 12.9 million barrels of oil a day. In December 2021, we were producing 11.5 million barrels a day. It's a 1.5 million barrel per day drop since December 2019 at the end of the Trump administration. The fact is we are not producing as much oil as we could and we could ramp up our oil production to re easily replace what we're not getting from Russia. Yeah, 
So that was in direct response in the in the immediate aftermath of, of Joe Biden going out there and saying, well, the, the, the oil and gas companies are sitting on thousands of leases. It, 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 it's, again, the insult and the lie. That, oh, it's the energy companies. The energy companies are why we're in this. And you can't really figure out which one it is because the Biden plan is just to play a blame game. Either it's Putin's price hike or it's the energy companies here at home who aren't doing enough. They're the ones that are contributing to the, 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 the price hike that you're experiencing at the gas station. Hard to know. Um, again, what Joe Biden, what the administration, what his flax, particularly Democrats in Congress, the talking heads on, on TV, but the, what they all just failed to actually bring up is that Joe Biden didn't didn't help the situation at all. And in fact, on day one, on week one, he did everything that he could from the resolute desk without Congress to hurt the situation. He canceled Keystone XL pipeline. He paused new oil and gas leases on federal land. He imposed new environmental rules on emissions. His environmental protection agency did that. He is the one that smugly and ridiculously rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement. He ended uh, Anwar drilling in Alaska. And now it's all tied up in, in, in legalities being pushed by his administration, by his interior secretary. Uh, but the, the, the Putin price hike, just brace yourself because you're going to get a steady dose of that stupidity. It's just a, a spit in the face. And it's so bad that, again, as I mentioned, even NBC can't push Biden's Putin price hike lie. Cut three. This morning, gas prices soaring to the highest average ever recorded, $4.17 a gallon. I just filled up right now, and it cost me $50 versus normally it's costing me 30 Up $0.10 cents in just one day and $0.55 cents since last week, eclipsing the previous record of four ten a gallon set 14 years ago. I haven't seen prices to this increased level. Though gas prices were already climbing before the war in Ukraine, they're now spiking because of worries about global oil supplies. Russia, whose economy is heavily dependent on energy exports, accounts for about a tenth of the available oil in the market. That price surge causing worries on Wall Street. The S&P 500 shed 3% Monday, its sharpest daily drop since October 2020. Investors, in part spooked by Capitol Hill lawmakers preparing to ban all Russian energy imports. I think it's important to um, to take this step. And when stocks drop and gas prices rise, everybody feels the pinch. As the price of oil and gas going up has an inflationary impact unlike anything else in the American economy. Even affecting travel with spring and summer vacations around the corner. Airfares are way up with demand soaring as jet fuel costs continue to rise and the prices hitting businesses already hurting from record inflation when you talk about the food truck industry food and gasoline is that a double whammy 100 is and everything is going crazy high right now okay, this as the that, rise that, in gas so could so just be getting started you you get the point and um you know look i don't know if <laughs> cnn uh, had a reporter on uh who basically flat out re rebuffed the, the putin price hike line that joe biden is peddling and his administration is pushing out as well i don't know if these 
these left-wing Democrat media uh, organs will continue to do that uh, on Wednesday. Um, I mean, you, you, you got to understand the way that the the, pre, the White House uh, comms department puts pressure on the, on these media outlets. It's it's insane stuff. I mean, it, it's just just statist level um, uh, screw tightening. I mean, it's, 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 it's shameful. And I, again, I don't know. You just, you'll just have to listen to, um, Patriot radio and, and read Breitbart news to get the truth. Um, cause, cause when the media, like to see the, the actual, uh, you know, maybe accidental and certainly, uh, surprising rare, truth coming from NBC reporters to watch it in real time to see CNN reporters saying actually the price of gasoline at the pump diesel had already been rising for months uh, over a dollar since Joe Biden took uh, took office a year before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine uh, it, it was shocking to see uh, but it will not be surprising if if these uh, left-wing media outlets abandon uh, the truth and and start towing uh, the line on the on the Biden's the Biden lie of the Putin price hike. It's 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 always the people, though, who 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 get the brunt of of the beating on this stuff. Um, record high oil set to spike air travel costs just in time for the summer. I believe that is cut for. This morning, as oil and gas prices spiked, concerns the cost of travel could climb right as families book their spring break and summer vacations. The high price of oil will eventually get passed on to consumers in the form of higher ticket prices. It's very possible that summer flights will start to see a significant impact from the price of oil. The cost of oil climbing past $120 a barrel. That's higher than it's been in well over a decade. And now concerns it could go as high as $170 a barrel by the end of the week as global tensions rise. Oh, God. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. It's, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the coronavirus is, is, is still out there, um, you know, it, it, despite the fact that, you know, the science didn't change, the politics changed. As, as Senator Ron Johnson just said on these airwaves a few days ago, um, but the, all, the mass mandates are dropping in a lot of locales. A lot of state governments are doing it, although there are still children being masked. I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but you, 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 you think you can actually climb out of the, the malaise of the coronavirus the pandemic and you can see the media you can see national democrats trying to to change the subject again with policy that's not exactly scientific as much as it's politically scientific and good for them um in you know the summer months are going to be here we'll, we'll we'll probably have the first summer uh in in three years that we can actually uh enjoy uh without the specter of 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 the pandemic weighing us down but you can't escape the melees i mean it's it's jimmy carter 2.0 here because the misery you're going to actually feel every everything you do like like inflation probably not going to be better uh by the summer months and gas prices will likely be up and if you're actually trying to 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 to, to find a deal on a flight for you and your family to escape uh wherever you are you're actually going to feel the pain there as well. 
Um, it's, 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 boy, I gotta tell you, it's, it's, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. And, you know, it's, it just, it just doesn't get any better because you'd think that maybe, and I don't know, maybe there is one person advising the president, whether it be on economic issues, whether it be on national security issues or communicating everything to, uh, the, the public writ large. I don't know. Maybe there is one smart person in the room and maybe that person is willing to actually go against the grain. Uh, God only knows. But what I do know is that Joe Biden is largely surrounded by lunatics and monsters. Brian Deese is one of them. He is an economic advisor to President Biden. And this guy says the only path to energy independence is to reduce fossil fuels to zero. How in the hell we get there, he doesn't explain. How that actually looks for the millions and tens of millions of people whose industries, whose lives will be affected and upended and most certainly altered, probably not for the better. Oh, Brian Deese doesn't actually tell us that either. But here he is. Hear him for yourself. Cut one. The only viable path to energy independence for the American economy is to reduce the energy intensity of our economy overall uh, and ultimately to reduce it to zero and get ourselves to a position where we're no longer reliant on fossil fuels. That's a long term project. Uh, but what we're seeing today um, and the geopolitics and the economic pain should only reinforce uh, our efforts to try to move there more quickly. <laughs> just uh, just just the most smug asshole i mean he knows he's lying and he knows that he is he's got a cushy government job when joe biden gets kicked out of office brian deese is gonna be all right you know maybe he'll go take some board position or some consulting gig but i mean the only viable path to energy independence nobody's talking about energy independence brian we're talking about energy dominance in this country, something that we did have under Donald Trump. Why it happened under Donald Trump? I mean, I don't know. I researched it and wrote about it in a book. But the point is, is that it did happen, it did not happen under Obama or Bush or Clinton or Bush or Reagan or Carter or Ford. <laughs> it, 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 it just happened. We broke the record. We became the net exporter of oil, of gas in this country under Trump. So it, it means that it can happen because it did happen. But this isn't a reality that we're going to actually experience for a very long time in this country. And you get you get a lot of pain and, a, and so much misery to get to a, an, 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 a, a fossil fuel to to zero reality in this country. I, it's uh, it's maddening. Uh, Senator Pocahontas, we're going to, to, to be on the oil companies should the, quote, profit margins go up, end quote. Oh, that'll help, Senator Pocahontas. Massachusetts, what are you doing? What in the hell are you doing? This woman is evil incarnate. <laughs> she's just, she's used every trick in the book to get to where she is. She doesn't care about BIPOC people of color and, and minorities and the poor and the working class. Oh, man. I mean, if you live in Tiverton or just just any town in Massachusetts, I mean, you have to be finding the best person. 
to run against Senator Elizabeth Warren. I mean, maybe it's happening. I hope it is. Um, so I, I just think that the bottom line is, is, is that Rona McDaniel, if she is listening, uh, and everybody else at the Republican National Committee, I understand that, uh, Mike Pence has bought a $10 million, um, advertising purchase. Um, I think the National Republican Governors Association, I think is spending over $30 million in battleground governors races. I think, uh, McCarthy announced like some tens of millions, maybe like $70 million ad buy. I don't know. And I do know that the, 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 the National Republican Party is raising a lot of money. I do know that they are. And I am not an expert in communication. I have advised and consulted with some, some, some races before. I do a little speech writing. I'm not an expert, though. But I, but I, I do uh, try to wed myself to common sense. And I just believe that using these evil deviants as words against them is the best path forward. Like, people are living with the reality of the pain based on the decisions that the Biden administration is actually going forth with. But on top of that, in terms of actually informing people why they are in the economic straits that they are in, I think it's best to actually play the words of people like Joey the Biden, who promised to end fossil fuels while running for president in 2019. We're three years into this thing. And boy, it's, they, there, is no, there is no explanation on what that looks like other than the fact that, like, that we're here. We are not energy dominant in this country, certainly not to the point that we could be. You just heard the, the Fox News analysts say that we're, we're actually producing 1.5 uh, million uh, barrels fewer in this country than we were just a year ago. That's a shift, Joe Biden. That belies the the Putin price hike spin and lie. Uh, Joe Biden promising, guaranteeing, quote unquote, that he'll end fossil fuels should be running on every TV station in America relentlessly every single day. People should not be able to actually escape the promise, the evil and dangerous promise that this buffoon made. Cut seven. Used to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits or any kind of effort to exploit this situation. So should Congress be monitoring profiteering? Absolutely, and actually we are. Uh, I'm co-sponsoring with Senator Whitehouse and others a bill on... Uh, oh, that, that's Warren. I'm sorry. I'm Look, sorry. We get it. I'm sorry. Isaac, cut seven. This is Joe Biden promising, guaranteeing he'll end fossil fuels. Cut six. Uh, but, but kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate. As asinine as all of that is, and you can hear the crowd, good God, applauding this. <laughs> They're applauding it. I'm going to end fossil fuels. Yay! Just out outburst of cheer and applause. Like is 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 asinine and as maniacal as that statement was. It it was creepy to watch. He he wanted the young lady to look in his eyes, and you know that because he actually put his hand under her chin uh, to make sure that she was looking in his eyes. Um, this is this this should again be be just plastered all over every TV and radio station in America. Joe Biden guaranteeing that he'll end fossil fuels. Why 
that is dangerous and what it actually looks like we're living through right now. Uh, 866-957-2874 is a number to call uh, to join the program. Uh, As pithy and as succinctly as as he could, uh, Donald Trump responded to Joe Biden's press conference uh, and the and the spike in in gas prices. Uh, He said he said, quote, highest gas prices in history. Do you miss me yet? Uh, End quote. That was President Biden. Well, probably his his shortest uh, statement to date. Um, do, do, do you miss me yet? I don't know how many signs people need. I mean, you, 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 you should just resign yourself to the fact that he is, he is, he is, he is running, uh, and he's, he's going for a rematch against Joe Biden and the Democrat media and the American left writ large. <laughs> program by Breitbart Politics Editor Emma Jo Morris. Emma Jo has more exclusive reporting, photos, and video from an undercover moms across the country blowing the whistle on how, through teaching training lectures, private school children as young as five years old are being taught lessons like cultivating anti-racist and activists in kindergarten, decolonizing the mind of school second graders, and the white people way. No wonder homeschooling is exploding in America. We also discuss Ron DeSantis picking apart a reporter peddling the fake and phony don't say gay lies being pushed by the media in Florida and around the country about a bill that simply bars the teaching of sexuality and transgenderism to children in kindergarten through third grade. Let's roll that. Good to have you back on. Morning, Jerome. Thank you for having me. You've got exclusive footage. It is an absolutely explosive report. It is terrifying to read, and it is the lead story at Breitbart News right now. Emma Jo, you you write your lead uh, paragraph through teaching training lectures with titles like Cultivating Anti-Racist and Activists in Kindergarten, decolonizing the minds of second graders and quote the white people way and quote the nation's leading accreditation association for private schools is instructing educators to adopt a race essentialist and cultural marxist curriculum for children as young as five years old uh probably the most terrifying thing i've read uh today and that's saying a lot because I've been talking about the the Democrat Party under Joe Biden's leadership destruction of the middle class in America for the last two hours. Um, And and catch the audience up on how this information um, came uh, in front of your desk uh, and sort of break down, I guess, some of the things that stood out to you in this latest update on sort of the indoctrination in the worst way among private school students. Uh, Yeah, so this is my latest with my group of undercover mothers. Um, For those just tuning in who haven't heard about this saga that I've been involved in, um, I met, well, I came into contact with a network of mothers who are across the country. They're mothers of children in private schools, and they connected over the fact that 
they realize that their kids are all having really similar experiences in schools that are across the country that are sensibly independent from each other. And they started to realize that those, well, the experience that I'm referring to is rampant political indoctrination in schools um, where no subject is left untouched by leftist politics and radical leftist politics. So they started talking and coordinating and realizing um, through investigating together that this is stemming from the national accreditation body for private schools. Um, and this is a 501c3 organization. It's called uh, the National Association of Independent Schools. And they are basically responsible for giving like a stamp of approval to the schools. And, uh, you know, they provide all kinds of services and they place headmasters and whatever. I mean, not officially, but they provide a network for all these schools to basically get on the same page. Right. And uh, and so they started realizing that this the call for indoctrination and all these speakers, you know, for instance, Angela Davis is one. Um, are all being recommended by the National Association of Independent Schools. So we got into contact. I've been dealing with them. Um, their identities are concealed because the schools say in their enrollment contracts that if you speak out publicly or privately, quote, um, your child can be expelled or that you could be banned from participating in school activities and school life. So I have had to uh, keep them anonymous. But the stuff that they have is... That's shocking. Um, some of it is actually blood curdling. The last story that I did was, you know, I think on par with the one from today, which was um, about rampant gender ideology being pushed on pre-K, teaching uh, kids about totally sexually inappropriate topics um, and and sexuality and just stuff that's like really, you know, you won't want to use the word groomer. Um, but so today. Oh yeah, we do. Is, no, no, no. We do want to use that word. Adults, teachers oh, are, are trying to groom children, trying to make them sexual beings uh, before they can even read or before they even understand what right. gender is. Before they can read, that's correct. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's wild stuff. But so today's story is about the race essentialism that is being pushed on these schools and that they're that. <laughs> It doesn't take much pushing, let me tell you. These teachers are embracing it with uh, open arms. And uh, the story that I have today is just outrageous. Some of the quotes, you know, they're the te- so I, it focuses mainly on uh, training for teachers by this National Association of Independent Schools, uh, where they have a conference every year. It's a flagship conference called the People of Color Conference, which was actually founded and is still led by a self-described Black Panther, um, which they say proudly, actually. Um, they don't seem to see anything wrong with that. Um, but anyway, so this Black Panther starts the People of Color Conference, and he is still running it. He participated in the one that I reported on, which took place in December 2021. So that's Rand- Randolph Carter is the, the, the director of uh, diversity from the, for the NAIS. Randolph. Former. Now he is a consultant and he's uh, performing these trainings and seminars uh, gotcha. at various schools across the country. Um, so he's, oh, I'm there's sure, the grift. There's uh, the grift. Eating well. Okay. Yeah, eating well, right. yeah. Um, and I have, by the way, for the record for our listeners, I have reached out to this man on it personally. I have not heard back. I told him pretty in pretty extensive detail what I would be talking about. Sure. Uh, no, no comment. Breitbart News on 
Shocking. his status as the Black Panther Shocking. and his responsibility in, in educating teachers. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, this guy Randolph Carter started the People of Color Conference, and it's the flagship NAIS teacher training. Um, they're very proud of it. Um, and some of the lectures include small activists, big impact, cultivating anti-racists and activists in kindergarten. Another one, decolonizing the minds of second graders. Okay. Uh, another one, the white people way. And basically all this is, is a real of total disgusting old school racism, old school racism, um, talking about how people have to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable is a main quote that keeps coming up and to learn how to have conversations without crying. Can't imagine what those conversations entail. Why would you be crying? Um, you know, and uh, I mean, some of it is just, you know, one teacher uh, talks about how she has tried to indigenize her lessons by removing words that she thinks are quote capitalistic like goal is one goals g-o-a-l-s correct that <laughs> word has been uh, <laughs> what struck from her vocabulary because it's uh white to have goals is 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 to, is to is to be understood and correlated as something that is that is for white people is that what do you teach white th third graders that as well if you're white i guess you're you you're supporting white supremacist if you're a white eight eight year old and you want to have goals in life oh the the white students are the ones that get get it shoved down the hardest of course yes i i told you at the beginning, I, I told you a few minutes ago, this is old school racism. Yeah. And, and they say it with a cute tone in their voice, and we're supposed to think that it's cute. This is totally disgusting <laughs> and, and, like, obvious and, like, not even trying. It's not even trying. There's also another thing that I thought was really interesting. Um, in another one of the lectures from this same conference that I thought was very telling, which is, um, the context is they're talking about making new curricula and they're saying how basically to avoid transparency and, and transparency in the process is one of the titles that is shown in the slide. And they say, uh, they advise teachers uh, to avoid leading people to feel like they have a say in the process when they actually don't. And that people is referring to students' parents. Like, that's more opportunities for feedback that is obstructive or negative or asking a lot of pointed questions. It almost invites pushback in situations right. where, you know, you have these people who are in different places in terms of being on board. I mean, um, parents, these parents of, of students that they're teaching that the word yeah. goal has to do with whiteness. Yeah, we, 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 I, I wonder I, they know what they're doing. We talked about this before. I mean, this is the an absolute betrayal of the type of trust that a parent should be able to have in the institution that is responsible for teaching their children how to read and how to write and how to understand history in a responsible and colorblind way. And so, of course, I mean, if you if you have a curricula is 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 deviant as this, you, you, you probably don't want the children's parents to have any 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 awareness about it. 
Um, Emma Jo Morris, Breitbart News politics editor, joining us right now with exclusive coverage of what is actually going on in far too many private schools in America. Um, And so in uh, one session of the People of Color Conference held just a few months ago, a lecturer provides tools and materials to help educators in the NAIS private school network train five-year-olds in kindergarten on how to be social justice warriors, according to footage obtained by Breitbart News. Quote, kindergartners are natural social justice warriors, end quote. The NAIS teacher training titled Small Activist Big Impact Begins. It goes on to say, quote, and I think if we just build up the mindset of the kindergartner, that is fantastic. You can get them to be fabulous things in the social justice realm. Um... Can we talk about some of the schools um, that this is occurring in? Um, do you want to do you want to get into that? I mean, you, you mentioned yeah. uh, the, the Westminster I, I schools, a bunch. Um, which yeah, is so a Christian school. Going on. <laughs> like, a lot of them are Episcopal schools. Yeah, yeah. this is going on in, I think, every private school in yeah. the country to various degrees. Um but I noted a few examples in my story. Uh, for instance, St. Paul's Episcopal School in Oakland, California, now teaches, quote, fourth grade Black Panther Party studies. Fourth, fourth grade. grade Black okay. Panther Party they're, studies. They're inviting Black Panthers in to talk to children oh, in fourth grade. Oh. What are they, 10? Oakland, California, the home of the Black Panther Party, the, where, the, where that organization was founded, for anyone right. who doesn't know. Right. Um The Oakland thing is interesting to me because I remember coming on these airwaves when Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee during the singing of the national anthem in 2016. And I remember specifically saying that if that that Colin Kaepernick is a disgrace and he is a hypocrite and he is an absolute total fraud because if Colin Kaepernick actually wanted to to change the lives particularly in young black people he would walk or drive across the bridge and start doing activism in Oakland Oakland a place where black people are not in the majority uh, 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 and certainly are in the minority but 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 certainly and sadly account for a disproportionate amount of crime uh, in the city of Oakland, uh, I don't know what the what the extent of the Black Panther Party is in Oakland today, but thanks to your reporting, we do know that there are there are members of that organization teaching <laughs> teaching fourth graders how to be Black Panther activists. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because that is something that you know I've been obviously in contact with some others who are serving as my source um, these stories, and one of them had a really interesting point. That made um, and this woman happens to be a former um, active Democrat uh, being a Democrat was a big part of her life and um, she was very involved in this the uh, you know social circles and the political apparatus both um, big fundraiser sitting on boards whatever and she said to me um, I'll read the quote because it's just so prescient it says this isn't about giving opportunity. This is about equalizing. If you cannot raise the floor, this is the fundamental failure of the left, of even the center left. They could not raise the floor. So if you can't raise the floor to close the gap, you just drop the ceiling. And I think that that is so deep and true. The thing about all of this that is really when you kind of think about it and it crystallizes is 
this isn't about opportunity. This isn't about giving people a chance. This is about lowering standards, bringing education to the absolute lowest common denominator. You know, in, in this piece, they talk about racialized grading as well. This isn't about giving opportunities to black kids or people of color, as they say. This yeah. is about lowering the standards to the absolute lowest bar possible so that you can say everybody is doing well because they haven't figured out how to get everybody doing well. So it's, it's, it's just a, a game. This is all just a sleight of hand to fool people into thinking that they have some sort of interest in equality and that they're creating equality. But no, you're dropping the ceiling. You're, you're making things about, you're turning real education into topics that are irrelevant and that are insidious and that don't matter, but that are really easy to grasp. And then you're able to say, oh, look, look at all this progress I've made. This is happening in private schools, as your 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 reporting explicit explicitly details. Again, the, private schools are are an option for people who whose children may win a scholarship, if you will. But certainly, I guess for the most part, people who either don't want to send their children to pro, to public school or don't have the capability to homeschool their children, private schools. Uh, these religious uh, institutions are an option. And if you have the money to 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 get your kid into this school, it's it's almost it, to me, it's 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 maybe maybe a little bit worse because I guess the assumption for a lot of these parents, maybe not all of them, because maybe some of these parents agree with this indoctrination. But I have to imagine for a lot of parents, they make the financial decision to to use their own money. Um, to send their children to these institutions because they actually want their child to get the best education in 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 mathematics and in, in English in the history the, the 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 obvious bad but also the goodness of this country um, and and to find out that this is actually happening in in their classroom um can the constitution be both a white supremacist and an aspirational document at the same time explain <laughs> need textual references you know, if it took if it took $20,000 a year to send my my child to a school and that's the crap that they were being teach, taught i i i i i i'd lose my mind i'd lose my my damned mind. Um, oh, yeah. but First of all, twenty thousand dollars is low. Twenty thousand dollars. Sure, is right. Like, of course. It's more <laughs> like course. fifty for for the constitution to be both a white supremacist and an aspirational document at the same time. That costs you fifty thousand dollars a year, and that's the thing. Like, so I've I've gotten this question too. Like, well, these people are paying for this, you know. So as you know, this is a choice being made by parents to involve their children. Sure. Uh, which on some level that's right however the whole pitch about the, the toxic sludge going on like this in public is that you know well if you don't like it you send your kid to private and then the the response to the private is if you don't like it pull your kid out and send them to public it's like <laughs> there's nowhere to hide there's sure. nowhere to hide and and this is going on all over the education system writ large period and the thing about the privates is that they have much less oversight boards and approvals and whatever than publics. So they're kind of able to use this as a testing ground for all of this uh, ideology and figure out 
you know, how it tracks, and then you go over to publics. Another thing that I would like to add about privates and why this is important is, and this is something that I mentioned, I think, in my first piece on the series, but um, as one mother pointed out, which is 100% true, uh, private schools are like maybe like 1.5 to 2% of schools in the country. However, two-thirds of Biden's cabinet, for example, went to these schools. (laughs) Right. Okay? You don't have to put very much effort if you're an ideologue, into making sure that your ideology sees through to the next generation and it makes it to the highest levels of power in this country, then just focusing on privates. Because these kids, realistically, these schools are, are pipelines into IVs. Yeah. IVs pipelines into the highest levels in our society. Yep. You don't often hear of somebody that went to Yale that ends up um, having minimal influence in society, right? Um, typically the opposite. So. That's why this is like really interesting. It's kind of like an elite takeover situation because they don't have to put that much effort. There's not that many kids in these schools. And once you've captured these schools specifically, you've got the tops of Fortune 500 companies. You've got the people at the highest levels of power in government. You've got the people running the bureaucracies. You've got the people running all these organizations that have tremendous influence in day-to-day life of everybody else. So if you can do an ideological capture of those people, you know, you've got a great return. Uh, Emma Jo Morris, Breitbart News politics editor, joining the program right now. We're talking about the explosive report, uh, the lead story at Breitbart News right now. Uh, Emma Jo Morris has cultivated uh, uh, just a, a mountain of information that comes from parents who realize that their children are being indoctrinated in the worst way in private schools all over the country. I want to switch gears a little bit, but not not that much. Um, David Ng's headline yesterday, Hollywood left leftist freak out at Disney CEO Bob Chapek over a Florida bill that bars sexuality instructions for uh, 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 elementary school children. Um, And so I'm editing this article and I'm just finding you know, just people like Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, he just tweeted the word gay dozens of times. And, you know, Gabrielle Union, whose uh, daughter, I guess, is like 13 years old and is trans. We say gay. Hashtag we say trans. Hashtag trans women are women. Uh, Bradley Whitford, who some people might know from the West Wing. Republican heterosexuals are super insecure about their own sexuality. Apparently, it's not strong enough to survive without regulation. Hashtag say gay. Um, Rosie O'Donnell, gay is okay, Florida. And so so basically leftists, even the, the people who have outsized influence like these celebrities, like people like Judd Apatow, director of 40-year-old Virgin, um, they're upset at Bob Chepek because he won't, as CEO of, of, of Disney, um, you know, step in and stop Disney from donating to Republicans, certainly Republicans here in Florida, who who helped in, in the Senate just pass this bill barring sexuality instructions for children in Florida public schools here in Florida. This is such um, a farce, Jerome. This is such a farce. First of all, the bill does not say don't say gay. It doesn't say the word gay a, at all. That's yeah. a buzzword yeah. by its critics who have are creating a straw man argument. It, this has nothing to do with the bill. Second of all, it's up to grade three. Right. I didn't have a sexuality in grade three. Why are they talking about gay and trans? Like, this is the exact same stuff that I've been reporting on in the private, but this exactly. is about public. It's all exactly. the same thing. Why are they talking about this? Why is this relevant? 
what are you doing? And, and it should be banned. I mean, to be honest, you know, they're talking about gay. Well, the most, the number one killer of homosexuals in this country is not hate crimes, is not Ron DeSantis, hmm. and is not people in grade three who aren't being taught about being trapped. The number one killer of homosexuals in America is AIDS. And that stopped being trendy or sexy to talk about at a certain point. I don't know when. Maybe they stopped being able to raise money on it. And so they found some new thing to gen up. That is the main issue facing gays in this country still from the 80s. We have not dealt with this properly. And it is still rampant. And they don't want to talk about real safety for homosexuals. They're making up this nonsense about how it's, it's a hate crime to not teach 11-year-olds about sexuality. It's absolute nonsense. It's made up of thin air. And this has absolutely nothing to do with issues that are really lethal to the gay community. Um, here is Ron DeSantis. Some people, uh, Emma, call him the governor of Florida, uh, but I call him the leader of the free world, pushing back on a reporter uh, who was who was absolutely lying and peddling, as, as you just pointed out, the, the, the lies about this bill. Cut nine. Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For, for, for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And... Um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're going to make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. That is an actual statesman pushing back on a clown and a buffoon who, who probably doesn't have children. Please, God, I hope he, he does not have children. A reporter, because it's not just the fact that like our tax dollars and I'm a I'm a I'm a homeowner in Florida. Right. So in some way, I'm probably subsidizing this crap, this filth in the classroom. But you have a governor now who's getting ready to sign a bill that will ban it. It'll still happen. And, and but it's just good to see that somebody is actually not only pushing back, but, you know, not, but but not every legislature is the Florida legislator and not every governor is Ron DeSantis. Um, and, and but 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 at least there is something being done. And more importantly, the reporting that you are you are doing, I think, is the tip of the spear of it, because a lot of it is ignorance. I just don't even think a lot of people know that their children are being fed this crap. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And like, it's like these politicians sometimes, as we know very well at Breitbart News, forget who they're there for, what they're there for and what their role is. And ultimately, and this is the most extreme case where these parents have no rights. Ultimately, their role is to represent and legislate on behalf of the interests of their people, not not the feelings of activist reporters, not the feelings of um, lobby, lobbyists and activists, but, you know, the interest of their constituents, especially those who don't have a voice and don't have a platform like they do. Um, and these stories, you know, and they're happening all over the place. It's not just at Breitbart. We have the undercover mothers and we're talking about NAIS. 
But the yeah. Federalist has been doing this work. You know, the Post has been doing this work, Fox News. There are many outlets that are talking about this and that are raising the alarm on behalf of parents. And these stories are tremendously important because if you just go by what is being discussed in the interest group sessions, you have no idea what is going on and how repulsed the people are by it. And they are. Um, please, anyone under the sound of my voice, reach out to Emma Joe at Emma Joe NYC on on Twitter. Um, it, it's it, if you it, it, I know there are public school teachers that listen to this program because you've called in while I've been blessed enough to fill in for Alex. Reach out to Emma. Tell the story. Blow the whistle on this crap. This is this is probably one of the worst things happening in this country. These are children. This is abuse. Uh, and it's and it's happening uh, for too long under the cover of darkness. But uh, great work, Emma. Um, I wish I had more time, but I don't. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. of the day is Vince in Michigan. Vince hilariously highlights how the green new future full of electric vehicles is a fraud and a fallacy. Vince points out that Ford is already having issues with the electric car inventory, which he says nothing of the fact that electric vehicles won't hold up two months of Michigan cold weather. The charging packs are astronomically expensive and the charging stations are too scarce. And then there's the fact that the U.S. manufacturers are overwhelmingly reliant on communist China for the components for these electric vehicles. I was looking into the electric pickup trucks that they're coming out with. You know, the all-electric? Yeah. The Ford, Light, the Ford Lightning. They're all sold already. Every one of these is sold. You know, they, they put a down payment on them. Yes. Yes. And uh, I got some numbers on it. I looked into one of these trucks. I, I have a Dodge Ram 1500 Ford, you know, four-wheel drive. In Michigan here, you know, it gets cold. And <laughs> I'm looking at some of the numbers as far as how, you know, how far is this truck going to take me uh-huh. in Michigan? Okay, the, the projected range is 250 to 300 miles. This is on the Ford website. I'd like to know, because it's such a big factor, what are the weather conditions that they come up with oh, these numbers with? Electric in the snow. <laughs> and you're talking 250 to 300 mile range. I'll bet you that's at 60 degrees with a tailwind, and it's a sunny day from 8 to 9 at night, never using the lights. I, I, so I, I, I'm talking to my... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, talking go ahead. To my, I'm talking to my son. He drives a truck for uh, one of the big pop companies. And uh, so I, I, he drives at night. I said, in Michigan, we're 10 below to 20 below zero sometimes at night. Yeah. So you want to get in your truck, and you need to warm that sucker up before you go anywhere. <laughs> How would you, how do you warm an electric oh, truck man. for 10 minutes, get that bad boy, and I mean, you want that thing toasting when you get in at 20 below zero, and if you have to go 150 miles round trip to go to work, 
you got a truck full of kids with all of their devices. You, you got, got your lights on. Yeah. I'll bet you you don't go 150 miles. Well, until well, you well, need a recharge. Well, 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 Pete Butt just told us that they, they dropped another five billion, so they'll put all the charging points p- ports all around. That's great. And there's, there's, I was hoping. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say that because with the new lightning, you need to spend ninety thousand dollars to get the quick charge package. Oh, really? And then you need, and then you need to install it in your house. Yeah. If That'll you, increase you your, the, your your energy bill for your home on a monthly basis average, as well. Average today, average today, they expect three to five hundred dollars a month to be added to your electric bill. It's right right on the website. Well, if you if you so got one hundred and fifty, double that, double that to drop. now with the new electric prices coming yeah. in, and you're talking a thousand dollars a month to run your truck. And and Vince, of course, where does all of the energy come from? How does how does the grid run? Where, Natural it's gas. Coal, Oh, right, right. Natural gas, power plants, coal, um, oh, dams. Man. You can't build a dam today because it's not environmentally yeah, friendly. Yeah, that, that, was, that was my conclusion. That was my conclusion. Um, so it's all a lie. And even even when you get down to the brass tacks of it, the, 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 the absolute uh, necessary components in terms of the battery and, and, and the electrical components and, and the chips – I mean, so many of Correct. those materials have to be mined, and 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 it's 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 slave labor. Um, they and they <laughs> can't get the they can't get the chips to put the gas trucks on the road today. Oh Where are they going to get the chips to put the electric trucks? I have a friend of mine that drove drove to Lansing the other day, and there's a field of hundreds and hundreds of pickup trucks just sitting there because they can't get the parts for them. Out, just just outside of Lansing. Boy, it's 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 pretty gloomy. And I I think it's finally that it's time to start making fun of these people and and start laughing at them. I got American parts. I got American faith in America's heart. And that is the show. Thanks for supporting the podcast and Breitbart News. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening. Ah.